What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Buckeye BS at 10 a.m. every Sunday. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? What's going on, man? Just uh, glad to be back. Had date night with the wife last night, man. So, you know, just a little rejuvenated. You you know you had to spend at least $300, right? Because, you know, first date is at least $300, (laughs) and you on date $4,862, so... I got, I got me about twelve hundred a uh, night these days. <laughs> nah, man, hey, I got me a real one. We ain't on the BS, man. <laughs> yeah, we ain't, we ain't messing with the bougie folks. Yeah, Michael, he goes on dates when he get bonuses. That's, 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 <laughs> that's how that. That's how that works. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Ron? Nothing much. Nothing much. How you been? I've been, I've been good. I'm, I'm fresh off vacay. You know that. Uh, that's damn media sent me to the Bahamas. You know, I got to. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy that worker workers comp. Get out there and hang out. But no, nah, it's good. It's been a good weekend. Been the last good couple of weeks. So I'm back. Part of the unlimited vacation package we have around here. Right? Yeah, yeah, unlimited. Yeah, you know? Take, as much, Take as, as much as you want. Cam, Cam, he's he's flying to Japan this weekend. So you know, he's okay. taking full advantage of it. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, man. But uh, what's going, on, everybody? Good morning, good morning, Cam. I see Craig. Good morning, Sue. Let's get in here. So. Today, we going to talk. My fault. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. No, I just wanted to shout out Tay. You know, Tay be yeah. rocking with us. Make sure you hit the discords <laughs> up, folks. Yeah, what's up, Terry? Okay, so today, this is what we're going to talk about. Do we have a position battle at wide receiver three between Julian Fleming and Jaden Ballard? Obviously, KVA is committing, so we're going to talk about that. There's been a lot of hype with the QB talk lately. Some people hearing it's Devin Brown, but you know, the, the old guard is saying Kyle McCord. So we're going to talk about that and a little bit of the new turf that Alabama's getting and comparing it. So let's jump into that. I want to jump in with the position battle. That's a, that's a hot, that's a hot take right there. So we'll do that. Go ahead, Ron. All right. Well, I mean, before we get into the specifics of this position battle, a lot of talk has been made about these wide receivers and Brian Hartline's rotations in comparison to Zach Smith's former rotation where we saw Ohio State traditionally go almost six deep at the wide receiver room. So just before we even get started there, do you guys want to see more rotation uh, from our wide receivers? I know the arguments like, I, I know your room's deep, but how many plays do you actually want to be taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka off the field? But do you think with the depth in this room, uh, a deeper rotation is something that you would like to see this season? Um, I guess I could, I could start. I mean, I've been saying it like when Brian Hartline took over, the recruiting went through the roof. I mean, it, it went crazy. And we bring in all this talent and, and we're excited to see them. But a lot of times we really haven't seen them. And, you know, watching, you know, watching a game on, on, on regular film or watching on TV, you really can't see every wide receiver's rep every play. But when you get the chance to see the all 22, you can see Marv out there. You'd be like, what is he doing? <laughs> he ain't even really run a route. You know, maybe his legs is dead. Maybe he's saving it for a little bit later when he knows the ball's coming to him. So I think it's a benefit all around. I mean, yeah, Marv's probably the best in the country. Mecca is one of the best in the country. So you don't want to see them off the field too much. But the talent level is so high that it's like, for me, like I say, other positions, we could have another Mecca over there if we give him some playing time early and see, you know, where he can be. So I think with the talent on this roster, with the wide receivers coming in and out, I mean, if we're not going to use them, it's no point in being happy because we, we're never going to see none of them when um, when they actually commit. So I'm all for going to six or getting as many as possible and using them in creative ways. Six. 
I was thinking maybe one or two extras in the rotation. Oh, you want to bring the big. full six-man rotation I back. What about big. you, Mike? You're not in a long, man, so I'm guessing you agree. Uh, yeah, I agree with Q, man. We we, we have to get the six-man uh, rotation back. You know, Brian Hartline's excuse was always like, hey, man, if I if I take Marv out, do I have someone just that? Let's be honest, Brian Hartline. You're not going to get a Marvin Harrison, uh, you know, to be able to fill up that backup. But you do have guys. Who can play at the high level? That's what you recruited, right? I mean, if you want wide receivers and you want to keep this up, I mean, the next negative uh, recruiting tactic is going to be like, yeah, they might get you there, but, I mean, you're going to be sitting on the bench. He won't rotate you in. Look, you see Marvel still out there in the fourth quarter and they're up 30. You know, I mean, what what I like what Zach Smith had did, rotating, each year, our wide receiver room was ready no matter who was leaving. And it was because they got those game reps. But I feel like it drew up the competitive nature in the wide receiver room because it's like, oh, now I'm finally able to get on the field. I feel like we had less drop balls then. I mean, guys were making plays. It was because, like, my opportunity doesn't come this often. So when they, when they got the ball, showing out. Johnny Dixon breaking out, Terry McCoy breaking out, Paris Campbell breaking out, Benjamin Victor. I mean, we could just keep going down the list all in one season. I want to see that back at Ohio State. And like you said, the list um, by the end of the season, that's what you need. Going into this expanded playoff, we rotating six. Yeah. And um, before you, before you jump in, Ron, just piggyback on, on, on what Mike said. I mean, even when Zach was um, was coaching, we saw guys play that weren't necessarily ready. Like, if anybody remembers back, you remember Paris Campbell against Virginia Tech? They had some suspensions. Paris Campbell got in the game. He dropped the touchdown. You know what I'm saying? He, he had a little bit of a jitters, but it does pay off eventually. So guys ain't got to be all pros before you just throw them in because you know you're going to win the game. You got guys to carry you. Just go ahead and give them the experience. No, I agree with you guys. I'd like to see a rotation, but, I mean, six deep is a lot. But then when you think about who the six could be, I mean, you're talking about Jaden Ballard, Brandon Innes, uh, um, and then Carnell Tate. I mean, if that's who we're rotating in, I, I mean, I guess I could hear an argument for it. I would like to see at least one or two rotate in six. I don't know. But I agree with you guys. Like, er I mean, everybody in the chat's hit hitting at home the dead legs argument like Marvin and Mecca look like different guys in the playoffs because they had a month to get their legs back under them. So, I mean, we could obviously see a benefit from a rotation. So that brings us to the battle and the graphic. <laughs> we have a battle at our uh, Z wide receiver. And are we going to see a rotation? Or are we going to see someone that's going to play more in the traditional role where we have three wide receivers that we see out there regularly? Do you guys want to see Julian Fleming? Or a Mecca Ibuka out. I mean, Julian Fleming or Jaden Ballard out there. I mean, I, I'll start this one off. Brian Hartline said that he's rotating six or seven this year. But who I want to see on the field is Jaden Ballard. Uh, you know, Julian Fleming, his biggest thing has been his injury, which is his shoulder. That, to me, has nothing to do with his legs. Uh, Jaden Ballard has that freak athleticism, able to take the top off of a defense, uh, has that Devin uh, Smith capability. And I just feel like when you have that athleticism, when you have that capability on the field, it makes it very hard 
to bracket your other wide receivers. Uh, it, it extends the field to where the defense has to cover and has to uh, actually be aware of, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and in that way, if you want to double team, instead of just having one guy, like I felt like a Mecca was the guy open. I mean, now you're going to have like two other guys or a ten also open as well. So JB has to get more, way more Bayern Munich. I mean, if you want to do them 50-50, I'm cool with that. Yeah, um, piggyback off that. I, I honestly would like to see a 50-50 or a split. If you were pushing me to pick one guy, I would probably still stick with Julian Fleming. Jaden Ballard hasn't done it yet, and I know he's getting a lot of hype in his Is Julian Fleming? I mean, we've seen him at least show up some, and he played well in the Georgia Have game. Have we? Let's, let's, let's not forget, he did play very well in the Georgia game, and that was the best secondary we've seen all year. So is he is he carrying that over? I would say I don't think he's going to get Michigan, but okay. I mean, that was the Georgia <laughs> game. And he brought it up Will Johnson. So, you know, we're we going to stick with that. Shout out my guy Chris. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think Julian will level up his game a little bit. If he can keep that, I mean, I like it. And obviously – we don't know if Jaden Ballard can beat anybody one on one. We don't know if he can route anybody up either. We just know he has deep speed, so that's cool. I mean, Julian ain't slow either. So, I mean, I would like to see both of them level up and probably split it. If I had to pick one, I would say Julian should get better, unless he's just not being developed at all or he's extremely lazy. But that's so, would... Julian Fleming, number one wide receiver in his class. If he's not a blank draft pick, it was a disappointment. I mean, um, I would put him I at about would, a, I would say third, maybe, if he's not a third. Because, I mean, it doesn't have to be a first. Especially when you're playing with other first, you ain't going to be a first. You ain't going to get the ball. But I would say if he's not a third or fourth, it's a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, yes, yeah, like you said, if he's picked in the four rounds, it's not a disappointment. Um, we're going off of recruiting services. Most of these guys who are ranking these guys um, – you know, really don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, we, we talked about on the previous episode, 24-7 said that uh, Teron Vincent had the fastest explosive <laughs> get-off that they ever seen. That was a lie. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean, Mike out here sounding like Mari. The lie detector determined that was a lie. It was a lie, for real. So, I mean, and then, you know, the type of offense that he was coming from as well, wasn't really pass happy. We've seen this guy, Julian Fleming. He has the on catching the ball. I feel like with his hands, I feel like he catches the ball with his body way too much. But as Q said, we have seen Julian Fleming, you know, get open one-on-one, uh, route some people up. Um, from what I have heard in the rumblings, that was uh, JB's only issue was the route running. And if he gets that, that together, can see him probably surpassing Julian. Uh, but for Julian to come from the offense he did in high school and be a pick or blocker, what I saw last year on the perimeter, that has to be cleaned up. Yeah, I mean, you brought up something interesting. I thought there was recruiting rankings. Uh, while we're talking about Jaden Ballard, I'd like to note that he was ranked 55 by 247 in the national rankings ahead of Marvin Harrison, and he was two spots behind Marvin Harrison Jr. in the 247 composite. So that's something to keep an eye on there. It's not like, you know, Jaden Ballard is some local project that they they took in like out of 
as just a local kid they couldn't let get away. Like he was a top national prospect. Like he was a top 100 kid, one of the best wide receivers in the country. We all know about the speed. So, I mean, I think that's someone that absolutely has to get on the field this year. So while we continue to talk about battles and position or position battles on the offense, I want to bring up the quarterback battle because I mean, if you guys watch this show, you know me and Mike have been on Kyle McCord Island since day one. We've said he's the starter. We believe he's the starter. But our guys at Menace seem to want to uh, send shockwaves through the fan base when they talk about Devin Brown and their idea that if there's issues with this offensive line, you go with the more athletic guy. And that has been Zach's stance from the beginning. We hear... Reports that Devin's healthy, he's throwing the ball now, and camp's starting in a couple weeks. Do we have a legitimate battle going on? Like, do you do you think this there's really still a question in Woody of who's the starter? Um, I mean, I would say it is a legit <clears throat> excuse me. It is a legit battle going on and, and going into fall camp. They probably still do not know. Now I've been with y'all. I've been like, I'm on the Kyle McCord train because until he's not the starter, I mean I have to believe it to see it. And I don't know if this staff has, I would say necessarily has the balls to, to, to roll like that. I mean, we haven't seen <laughs> it in multiple positions just rolling a guy out there. But I would say, I mean, if they are both, if it's a, truly a battle and they are both is like an a, a or B situation where it's like we, you know, these guys are both at the same level. You do have to go with Devin Brown. I mean, you get an extra year out of him. He's younger. He's more athletic. If they are pretty much in the same spot, that's what you that's what you should do. That's what you we tell that we say that at CJ Hicks and Steel Chambers, you go with Steel Ch- I mean you go with CJ Hicks. If Sonny Styles and I don't know Josh Proctor, you go with Sonny Styles. You go with the younger guy if they're both at the same place. So if they are, then I would go Devin Brown, but I'll tell you, I'll be shocked off my ass to see it. Yeah. Um I mean, as Ron said, definitely of the Kyle McCord camp. Uh, I believe he has that uh, gunslinger on, but I also believe that Kyle's a willing runner. Um, you know, well, all we've heard about with Devin Brown, hey, if the offensive line is going to be an issue, you're going to need that athletic quarterback. Um, I don't think our whole line is going to be that much of an issue anymore, um, maybe if there's an injury. But, I mean, I think Kyle, Kyle should be the guy. I mean, I'm hearing great things about Devin Brown. I'm hearing we have two NFL caliber guys. Whoever we uh, have as the quarterback, I have no issues with at all. But um, for the sake of our QB room, I would really like it to be uh, Kyle McCord. And who's to say? Ryan Day could start a trend. One year, you're out. Devin Brown, one year, you're out. I mean, we've already. That would we've be already, a nasty little. I mean, we've seen him do it, but that would be a nasty trend to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, sit and wait your turn, and then be a first rounder. I mean, we saw with Dwayne. I feel like this is another perfect opportunity. You see interviews with Kyle. He talks about how he sees himself uh, similar to Dwayne, and that was one of the reasons that uh, he committed here. So, I mean, I think we're in good hands either way. I would like to see us have a normal quarterback succession and just let everyone stay in the room, not have transfers after, you know what I mean? We have Quinn come in, leave. We have the Dylan D commitment. I just want some consistency and like some predictability with the secession plan and uh, the quarterback room in the Woody. So um, I don't see Devin Brown transferring either. 
I don't no, see him transferring yeah. if if he wasn't to win the job. So that's what makes the room even better. I hear that. So we may be getting some potential Buckeyes here soon. I want to talk about recruiting real quick before we get into turf talk. We have KVA committing today. I just want to get some predictions there. Um, I know we offered him a long time ago. I know this is someone that Laurenitis has been in on for a long time. Buckeye fans seem to be really excited about him as a potential Buckeye. I just want to get your guys' thoughts. What do you think he could add to the room if he becomes a Buckeye today? Um, I guess I guess I'll start, man. Um, yeah, KVA is the guy I've been tracking for a long time, man. He 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 built different as the as the kids say. You know what I'm saying? Like you go watch his tape. This man is flying sideline to sideline. He's moving around, and I haven't seen that from any other linebackers that we, we we've got from the last in the last year. And I'm like, okay, I need I need a guy that can move. I do like Garrett Stover, uh, Peyton Pierce. I think he's gonna be good inside the box. Garrett but, Stover be moving. Yeah, moving, he's also moving. safety, so he's gonna he's gonna take a little adjustment time and get his body. KVA, he a linebacker. He play out there in Cali, you know, St. Bosco, where um they got dudes out there. So that lets you know the competition yeah. level is high. He he comes in pretty ready to make that transition. I think this is a must get guy, to be honest. Um, and then just get that role of athletes coming in, and there's a lot of commitments coming, but I think this is one that you can't miss on. And you'll look if we do miss on it, you'll look back and be like Damn, that sucks. What about you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, from everything that we're hearing, uh, USC has waved the white flag. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, some of them are 50-50. Some think he's in, some think he's out. Um, what I've heard from the commitment, from what I've read also, um, is that KVA feels like it's the Buckeyes because they stuck with him throughout his entire recruitment, right? Um, you know, USC has been preaching, hey, stay home. Um, we were not the recruiting staff that missed out on you. We are different. Um, but Ohio State was there, even through injuries. And you hear when kids get injuries, some, some schools lay off of them. Some schools take their uh, scholarship offer back. Some schools don't even the guy. Ohio State said, no, we still want you. And when I watch his tape, he hits like an old school linebacker. And to be honest, to me, that's silver bullet football. Um, to see him running through a gap or whatever and laying the quarterback out, not going for their feet like uh, some of our guys have, and actually letting them know uh, Zach Bourne style hit. I'm ready for that. I need that. We need that. <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> need that. So I want to ask you guys one more question before we move on here. If we were to land KVA in James Laurinaitis' first year before he even coaches a game, what is your grade of James Laurinaitis through these first six months on the staff? Because that would be a haul, having no linebacker commitments. He joins the staff and pulls every target he had. What would your grade be? And that question goes for the chat, too. Drop a grade for the first six months of Laurinaitis this first year on – this first cycle on the trail since he's joined the Buckeyes. I mean, they they always say as a as a fan, you don't know more than the coaches. But this might be one of those situations where as fans, we knew more than the coaches. We've been talking about Chase Lord Knight for what two, three years now? Talking about get him on staff. 
You know, he's going to bring the energy. He's going to be a guy you can bring it and develop. You can just hear it the way he would talk on his radio show. You're like, this dude is on to something. Like, we got to get this dude. And, of course, they let him go to Notre Dame. And you look at Notre – like, people really didn't really – I guess didn't really pay attention. But if you look at Notre Dame's linebacker hall last year, it was actually really good. They had some dudes over there that went to Notre Dame and, and, and got a really good linebacker class. I think it's like either two or three in the top ten. So, I mean, obviously they talked about James Lord Knight is there. So, that was big time. I mean, getting this dude on staff just from a recruiting standpoint because, like we said, we don't know if we have those dogs on the trail. And we're, we're finding out, you know, this cycle, whether we do or don't. And it's still up in the air. I mean – LJ looks like he's also a fast star, but there's still some big fish out there. So I have to give him an A. Um, I'm hoping they'll extend the coaching spot so we can get him the, you know, the keys to actual room without just being a, a was he a grad assistant? So I mean, I think it's an A. I think he's been awesome. I can't wait for him to take the full-time role. Maybe he can coach the special teams as well, Ron. So um actually while we're there, <laughs> while we're there, because I was literally just oh! plotting on this. Bro, the segue, the segue was already lined up whether you were about to throw me an alley-oop like that or not. But I'm about to fucking take that and slam it home like Kobe to Shaq. Like Lil B. Look, I got one more question for y'all while we're at it. I know we're grading coaches on the recruiting trail. Lord Itis is, you know, famously not actually allowed on the recruiting trail because he's not a full-time assistant. So I want to get everyone's grade for Parker Fleming this recruiting cycle on the trail. I know he's one of our 10 assistants, one of the highest paid employees in Ohio, in the state of Ohio. I just want to grade for him and let and let you guys – I want you guys to let us know how you're grading the special teams recruiting because we know our guy Parker Fleming's out there killing it on the trail. So if you guys could drop a letter grade in the chat for us for Parker Fleming, let me know. I, Q, I want to start with you. Letter grade for Parker Fleming on the recruiting trail this cycle. <laughs> I gotta check see if we got another two kickers in, cause that that man don't miss. transfer. <laughs> oh man, oh, no. yeah, he doesn't recruit, bro. It's a, it's a f on the trail. I mean, he's not. He he said he's not on the trail, and then just man, he he never helps himself. Even at media day, oh, you know, JSN went out, and I don't know who to put back there. Like this is Ohio State, bro. You got 42 different It athletes. don't matter about if it's Ohio State. Nigga, you're the special teams coach. How don't you know? If anyone you knows, it list. should be you. You should have a list of five people. Like, if he goes out, I'm going to use him. Or if he's tired, I'm going to use him. Especially when you're bringing big-time freshman receivers in. That makes it easy. Or, or big-time corners in. Some that run track. That makes it easy. So, yeah. I, I, I'll Parker Fleming like, has to go. Parker Fleming has to go, bro. No, what they're gonna, he, he's gonna he's gonna sit on this. He's gonna no, sit on that staff no, no, until no. they expand Hell the assistance. No. He's gonna sit there until they expand the assistance. They need to expand the assistance. Going, I'm hoping NCAA, please extend it. We're going into the 12 team playoffs. We need you to extend it. Parker Maybe we should get like a special waiver um, for him or something. Hey, I seen this guy Malachi tried to give. I got I gotta talk about this. He tried to give my guy. Um, James Laird, night is a C. How can you give this guy a C when all of these linebackers are committing are talking about James Laird, night and this man can't even get on the road. This man doing everything on the phone. Imagine what he could do if he was able to hop on the plane, hop in the whip. Like, come on, man. Bro, I'm telling you, things are about to go up, man. I agree with that. So, I mean, 
the last thing that we wanted to talk about. Well, this hold, is, on, hold on, Ron. Mike, what did, what did you what did you grade James Laurinaitis? I didn't, I didn't hear that. I part. give him an A. I give him an A, man, because what he's able to do, he's not even on the road. How can you not give this man an A? And Parker Fleming? So Q previewed this final topic in the beginning of the show. We got a little turf talk here to wrap up the show. So Alabama recently changed their turf for their field. They went to a sub-air turf system similar to what's used in the NFL. They're the second college football field to have this new technology. The NFL has recently banned some uh, some turfs. It's called uh, slit film turf. It has the highest rate of injury of any NFL surface, and it just so happens that is the exact same surface used in Ohio Stadium. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts on Alabama's investment in this turf, and is this something that Ohio State needs to consider? Um, yeah, I'll start with this one since I brought it up. Well, first of all, we got 27 people in here. Go ahead, or 28 now. Go ahead, hit that like button. We appreciate y'all. And um, smash that yeah, like, it helps us so much in the algorithm. If you have any questions, we open up a discussion after this. But um, yeah, so for the turf, I was actually we were talking in the group chat, and Jay Book uh, he shared it. He said, um, he said, Alabama's got that new space age turf. And I, I watched a video and it's actually very cool. So it is a new turf that they use. And before they put the turf down, they actually layer it with a couple feet of sand. That way it has some give to it, but it's also very solid. So like Ohio State, you see them when they take up the turf. It's, it's concrete, nails, spikes, you know, holes. <laughs> all right, they ain't got all that. But it's not very safe. And yeah, it has no give. So you'll see that when, when, when players hitting the ground, they hit it hard, and you know that's how you get injuries. So I think yeah, I think it's very it's very cool Alabama's doing, but it's like, bro, they're they state of the art. They they do it every time. I mean, to be honest, I, I would go be the AD or head of football, and I'm just gonna watch Alabama. What, what they about to do? Are they getting that new turf? Okay, y'all, we getting a new turf, and they're gonna be like, I'm the greatest ever, because you know they they said in the blueprint, you just gotta watch it. So. It's cool, and you know Alabama moving from grass to turf. If they're moving from grass to turf, it's got to be really good turf. So I think it's very cool. Mike, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, what happened last year as they installed the new turf, man. You know, everybody was healthy. Everybody was doing good. Next thing you know, people started doing like flies. How many times has this happened? Look at my guy Johnny Dixon been cooking in the XFL or or what's that, the CFL or UCFL or whatever. Yes. Been cooking in these other leagues. I think he would have got a chance in the NFL if it wasn't for his knees. Look at what we heard about Cam Bad. How we heard he was one of the best wide receivers in the room when healthy. But look what he couldn't do. Why? And, 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 the, and the thing is, is it would be different if the injuries were different. They're all the same injuries over and over and over. Who else was the top guy? Court Williams. We ain't seen this man on the field yet. Why? Wow. Exactly. Same I injury. I don't know if that's necessarily turf. I believe he's out with a shoulder injury right now, but I get what you're well, saying. I, I, I believe turf. he <laughs> – but no, I think he messed up his uh, ACL at one point too. But, yeah, he did. I that mean, was his first injury. 
Yeah, I mean, it, our DBs were cooked last year because of it, and we had no idea they weren't releasing anything. But everybody, I, I just remember vividly how everybody was healthy or whatever, going into fall camp or going into whatever. Soon as the turf goes in, everybody started dropping like flies. Yep, Mitchell Melton as well. He was supposed to be the jack throw. We had to have Jack Sawyer playing out of position. Shout out to the turf, man. Turf guy wins every time. Yeah, I mean, I just think, again, with Ohio State, you have one of the largest athletic departments in the country. You guys make money hand over fist. They're rolling in dough with NIL. There's no shortage of money around the University of Ohio State. These athletes make so much money for the university. The fact that they're not taking every precaution to protect them and have them playing on the safest surface is kind of a shame. It's a, it's a shameful act, honestly. They should they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, the fact that this turf is being banned by the NFL and it has the highest rate of injury, there has to be some sort of compromise. There has to be some sort of investment in the health of these players because that's honestly what we're talking about here, player safety. And if they're not I – mean, they need to be willing to make that investment. And I see – and I think uh, kudos goes out to Alabama for – you know, really making the change and investing in their player safety by making that switch. Um, I want to, yeah, I was just about to say, drop some questions if you guys have any before we get out of here. If you guys want to throw them in the chat, I see 23 people in here, 20 likes on the video. Whoever you three people are hanging out in there, make sure you get a like on there before you head out. Um, hey, to pick you back off of what you were saying, man. Um, Ohio State's excuse is, is Ohio Stadium is in a flood zone and all of this stuff. It's 2023. They create so many way, way better uh, drainage systems and everything. Like, what it sounds like is Ohio State just doesn't want to spend the money, right? They just got this contract with new turf. They don't want to get rid of it. So what? Now our players got to deal with it for another, what, four to five years? Come on, man. <laughs> we being cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would say it's just a thing of Ohio State. Like you gotta look at it as you know, we gotta be best in class across the board. And, and that comes to everything. And like you haven't seen Ohio State be on the forefront of really anything sports sciencey or player healthy in, in in a while. It's like those um those tiger air helmets. I seen them like years ago, and they were like, when it's hot and it's the summertime, they put AC in the helmets and it and it lowers player concussions. And I was like, bro, LSU is going crazy out here, but they're one of the ones that are on the on the forefront of anything that's sports science or player health. So it's just like, does Ohio State want to be best in class at anything? That's, that's yeah. just my question. If you guys haven't seen that video, go check out um, the LSU athletic video that they put out um, having their players try on the air-conditioned helmets. It's pretty insane. Um, someone asked what time the KVA commitment is. It is at 5 p.m. today. Another question from the chat, our guy Cam. How did Parker Fleming negotiate a pay increase? I don't know, but whoever did that on his behalf, get with me in my DMs because we need to talk. You know, my my end of the year performance reviews coming up, and I need some tips because I don't <laughs> know how the hell he pulled that off. But if he if he was able to get an increase, I might be able to double uh, my salary at review season. What about you guys? What do you think there? Bro, that man, yeah, he bro, he he knows how to negotiate. I might, he might just take a uh, take a job in law. 
because he, he's, he's getting he's getting the bread off of, off of very little. That's all I'll say. He got good people in his corner. Yeah, the consensus on Twitter seems to be that he must have dirt on Ryan Day. Right. If he doesn't have dirt on you, you might want to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. You know that's always my go-to there. We need a new assistant, an F for Parker Fleming. But I appreciate you guys coming and rocking with us today for Buckeye BSQ. Tell the people where they could find you. Oh, and tell them about your big movie review you got coming up. I'm sure plenty of people oh, are excited goodness. to hear about that. Well, I got I to gotta do too. So um, if you're into movies, I do minor league films. Um, and I got to talk Barbie. And I got to talk uh, Oppenheimer. I've been lazy on Oppenheimer because, bro, that joint is three hours. I'm like, yo, I'm going to walk. I'm going to go in. It's daytime. Walk out. It's nighttime. I'm not trying to do all that. But I, I will go see it. So. I'm going to watch those in minor league films. It's on YouTube. It's also on TikTok and Instagram. But if you want to find me personally, you know what I'm saying? You just want to tap in. Flying at Johnson on Instagram. City Boy Quinn on Twitter. I'm not hard to find. What about you, Mike? Man, you can find me on, what's that? Twitter, Instagram, and friends at 216 underscore wild boy. Um, yeah, just find me there. I'm BTL, being spaces. But also, look at the link below. Join the Discord because we'll be in there. Ron's been kicking up some uh, ox cord uh, versus battles. They have been very uh, enjoyable. So I'm going to say this. If if your friends let you get the ox cord or let you play the music in the whip, pull up to the Discord. I want to see what y'all play. An excellent plug there. So if you guys think that you're nice on the ox cord and you have good music taste, we have ox Ox battles in the uh in the Discord. You pull up, you spin a wheel. There's over 50 artists on it. You pick five of them, and then you go head to head with someone else who picks five artists off the wheel, and you battle it out. We have a vote going in the chat. They're an awesome time. But if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at two underscore t e e s. That's two t's. You can find me at two shiesty on TikTok, two t's on Twitch. Uh, follow the best damn media, and like Mike said. Get in that Discord. We appreciate you guys showing up every Sunday for Buckeye BS at 10. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.